Estás escuchando aquí en 88.9. Vous escuchez la radio KUCI 88.9 FM. You're listening to 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. And this is KUCI. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Yes, indeed, this is KUCI in Irvine broadcasting from the University of California in Irvine. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. And coming up in just a few moments, an elvish perspective on life with What Would Arwen Do? KCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Michael Vannin and Suilade to all my elf friends. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, wishing you a very good morning. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous day here in the Shire and the Grey Havens. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, and as I looked out my window this morning, trees were breaking into beautiful white blossoms. And I said, it is indeed wonderful to live here in paradise. So in case you are just tuning in and wondering, what in the world is this show about? This is What Would Arwen Do on every other Friday morning from 8 to 9 a.m., alternating weeks with Phenomenal Woman. But here is the show where we ask, I ask, if a Middle Earth elf lived today. In Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people ask, what would Jesus do? Which is a very good question. But I like to ask, what would Arwen do? And in case you're wondering who Arwen was, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or an elvish Arda. I believe that Arwen was embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, We see many archetypes of um, heroism in the world of Middle-earth. And I believe that Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, that with great privilege comes responsibility. Arwen also embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, her wisdom, her beauty, her sense of humor, which I think we see in the movies, and her service to others. In Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God in his created world. So I believe that this, quote, elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. So my hope, and the hope, I believe, of my Hobbit co-host, is that by tuning in and spending time with us, that you will be inspired to find your creative gift and bring it into the world to enrich not only your own life, but the lives of those around you. And so with that, I will say good morning to Milo. 
Morning, Milo. Good morning, Tani. It's a beautiful day in the Shire, isn't it? My gosh. Absolutely. And thank you for mentioning the trees today. Ever since seeing Avatar, I'm more and more (sighs) conscious of trees and how beautiful they are and how living they are. Absolutely. That was one of the themes of that movie that so resonated with me. And there was there was so much of that movie, actually, that um, resonated with uh, much of Middle Earth. Of course, uh, Tolkien was a great lover of trees, and th- trees figured very prominently in all of his work of Middle Earth, even to the Ents, who were the guardians of the trees, um, and which we see also in Ewa in Avatar. And the wonderful uh, idea that they were all connected. You know, the scientist discovers that there's this network where all the trees talk to each other and are connected. Well, we saw that first in Middle Earth. That's right. That's right. And uh, so, yes, wonderful, wonderful movie. In fact, uh, I went again to see it last week and... Um, was uh, got a little book that gave some backstory to, to some of these things. Wonderful, wonderful creatures. Those, um, uh, the creatures that are like horses. It's like, oh my gosh, that remind that reminds me so much of what the Miras would have been like in Valinor. So, um, and uh, but it was funny because we were mentioning as we had the opening music this morning, which is from the original soundtrack of the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, Academy Award winning music from uh, Howard Shore, and um, you mentioned uh, how, well, what what was it you were saying about the the magic of this music each time? The magic of this music, Tani, as a long-standing, as a long, long, many-decade viewer of cinema, it's, it's very rare for a set of film music to be good for the movie and good by itself. Mm -hmm. And that's one of Howard Shore's achievements, is he composed music that not only totally supports the story, the script structure, the set design and costume design and and character design, but the music is also very, very good by itself. And I thank you for playing it, because (laughs) until I met you, I had not actually listened to the music by itself. Oh, my goodness. And I didn't even know the complete recordings existed, which you introduced me to. And the wonderful thing about the complete recordings, if people would would like to check this out, the the original soundtracks are wonderful, but the uh, complete recordings have... Uh, these little books in here, which really uh, are so wonderful. In fact, we really must have a show simply on the music sometime. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could get someone like Howard Shore or one of the, one of the, you know, the somebody from yes, here, yes. Um, because uh, he talks about how he created this music, yes. uh, specifically music specifically for the race of the elves, music specifically for the race of the hobbits, music specifically for the locations. And it just is, um, it's just it's just magical and amazing. And it and transports the me nice, there every time I hear it. It absolutely does. One of the nice things about these three sets is that there is a website where you can go to mm-hmm. and download Adobe Acrobat portable document for it, format PDF files uh-huh. of the booklets that come with the three oh, sets, I did not and know that. they're in full color and they oh. look just like what we see here in person oh with the God. physical paper. Um, our listeners can do that. Maybe we'll give that URL later on in the show. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know that. Well, our fast uh, time is fast moving because we have a very special guest this morning, <laughs> and but I know we have some announcements, some very special announcements first. Uh, but we will be having someone on the show who's somewhat of a something of a wizard. I would uh, say a wizard. Yes. Uh, yes. His name is Ora Miller, and he is going to be talking to us about. EMFs, electromagnetic fields, and ways that we can, whether or not is this stuff safe, is it not safe, what's all, you know, is it fine to be having a a Wi-Fi and all these wireless things in our houses when we're trying to sleep, and so we're going to be talking about some very interesting things. However, you, Little Hobbit, are just about to jump out of your seat. Have you some news for us about the movies? Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. As I was As I was looking at the World Wide Web last night for news of the Hobbit movie, I found this flash. The American Cinematheque at the Arrow Theater on Saturday, February 6th, starting at noon, will do the complete trilogy, a triple feature, the entire epic, back-to-back marathon screenings, including the extended versions of movies one and two. 
and there will be breaks for Hobbit snacks and Middle Earth rituals built into the schedule. So the Fellowship of the Ring starts promptly at noon, the Two Towers approximately 4 p.m., and the Return of the King approximately 8.15 p.m. And when I look at the timings that the American Cinematheque has given, it's 208 minutes for the Fellowship, 223 minutes, that's three hours and three quarters <laughs> for the two towers, and then 201 minutes again, uh, about three hours and 20 minutes for the return of the king. So that's the Aero Theater in Santa Monica, and you need to go to www.americancinematech.com for more information. When I looked at the website last night, there still were tickets available, but I imagine they will go fast. Oh, uh, yes. I, um, I've i been remiss in uh, visiting my message boards lately to stay up on these things where I would have known about this because I would really like to go to that showing. Uh, I was privileged to see all three movies in a row, uh, the extended versions of the first two, and then the premiere of Return of the King at the premiere of the Return of the King uh, up in Toronto when uh, that came out in uh, 2003. <clears throat> 3,000 miles from here. 3,000 miles from, With about 1,200 r- crazy Tolkien fans, uh, all in uh, Minion costume and all of us having a wonderful, wonderful time. It was just absolutely magical, especially getting to see all three movies back-to-back. So that is very exciting news, and that's how, something that's happening that, right here locally. Yes, and... And other things before you get on to something that's probably more important in the, in, in the actual earth as we know it. But yesterday was Elijah Wood's birthday. He oh. was born on January 28th, 1981. And so happy birthday, Elijah Wood. Happy which birthday, leads Elijah. us to the Hobbit movie. Okay. And Elijah Wood recently weighed in saying that <gasps> the part of Bilbo Baggins ought to be played by James McAvoy in his opinion. Oh, he says he's not interested in it himself, but he thinks James McAvoy, who made such a remarkable performance in um, several movies, certainly the Chronicles of Narnia, The Mm -hmm. Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. But when it comes to Bilbo, there's all kinds of rumors flying around. The most credible ones say James McAvoy or Tobey Maguire, because the Mm. Spider-Man franchise has gone in a different direction. Mm. He is now being talked about as possibly Bilbo. Mm. And then uh, David Tennant is is, uh, rumored to be also uh, doing auditions. As you know, Guillermo del Toro and Peter Jackson are doing auditions right now. So, enjoying joining Kate Blanchett, Ron Perlman, Hugo Weaving, Doug Jones, Andy Serkis, Ian McKellen, all pretty much set. Uh, Australian actor Aaron Arkin is now rumored for some role, but I've not been able to find out what he would be playing. And Orlando Bloom says he wants back in. Oh. He points out uh, that he shot an email to Peter Jackson and said, you know, if you want me to don the blonde wig and pointy ears again, I'd be honored to do it. Oh, and so many girls would just love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and you know, from the Maybe books... Maybe even like a, just a cameo. Not a cameo, well, but, you know... Well, just, Legolas, Legolas is at least 500 years old per the text of the... Oh, yeah, definitely. The canon, right? Uh-huh. So, so he would definitely be around. That would be That would be fantastic. And yes. and Guillermo del Toro's cinematographer Guillermo Navarro, the great uh, the great Mexican uh, cinematographer who shot yeah. things like Pan's Labyrinth, will be doing the photography on the films. So there's some wonderful some new things going on. Wonderful new things. I, I should again mention that uh, uh, the One Ring dot net and the radio shows. Every couple of weeks they have, quote, a radio show, which is really sort of a podcast, but it is live on the Internet uh, where they have interviews, for instance, with J.W. Braun, author of the unofficial guide to Tolkien's Middle Earth on the big screen. Uh, so that's another thing that I wanted to mention. Well, thank you. Those but the are, Arrow Theater, Saturday, media. February 6th, the I'll entire trilogy. That's actually extended... next week. That's next Saturday. Yes. I know. Well, we'll have to see. Maybe maybe uh, I can work some magic. But <laughs> some you have magic. some announcements, I too. I do have a few announcements. And um, 
because, you know, I'm always asking as I go through my day, uh, things come up or even things that happen in the world. And I like to ask myself, well, what would Arwen do in this situation? Of course, we're all very uh, aware of the sad and tragic situation that's happening in Haiti. Uh, and many people very displaced, uh, but wonderful news as well. I saw in an article yesterday, a 16-year-old uh, or 12-year-old, oh no, 12-year-old girl pulled from the wreckage after 15 days and is and is fine. More than two weeks. It's, yes. It's a miracle. It's, it is a miracle. And so there are still uh, wonderful stories of people surviving and of uh, great heroic efforts. And um, so... Uh, I am not in a position to go over and help directly in Haiti, but I thought, what would Arwen do? What could Arwen do right here at home? So there's a couple of things that I want to bring to people's attention of ways that they can help in Haiti, uh, apart from just reaching for the, you know, their checkbook. Um, one way is that right now, the sport chalet stores, in, in partnership with Souls for Souls, are collecting shoes to send to Haiti. If you think about it, if these people's homes are destroyed, um, their clothes, they've lost everything, they've probably lost all their shoes. And um, this uh, Souls for Souls has been around now. It started with a tsunami relief effort. What did I do with my infra information? Um, but Souls for Souls, they have a website. If you want to check them out, it's S-O-L-E-S, the number four, S-O-U-L-S, Souls for Souls. And until uh, through this coming Sunday, they're taking any gently used, uh, you know, shoes, any type of shoes. It doesn't have to be uh, tennis shoes, any type of shoes. All 55 of the Sports Chalet stores are accepting donations, and all of these shoes are going directly to Haiti. To help for you know to help with people who do not have shoes. So your children's shoes, your shoes, anybody's shoes. Think about if you know your country is ravaged. There's concrete and broken glass and stuff everywhere, and that you can't even don't even have a pair of shoes to walk around in. Right, so and this so would be people very that may thing. not have a lot of cash reserves, right? Probably have an extra pair of shoes. Have got to have an extra pair of shoes. Yeah, that that would help someone. Absolutely. And uh, and there's things you can even go door to door in your neighborhood and see if there's any of your friends or any of your uh, neighbors that maybe want to throw toss in uh, some shoes. So I'm going to be tossing off, <laughs> dropping off quite a few shoes um, this coming Saturday, and I think I may do it again Sunday, uh, just because normally you go through once, and then when you go through twice, you tend to find more shoes <laughs> that you know you think I'm not going to wear those. I haven't worn them in a year. I won't wear them. Those shoes that we haven't worn in a year. Send them to Haiti. So people of Middle Earth, go visit your local, go go to your local sports chalet and take some shoes. Absolutely. Take some shoes. Take some shoes. And uh, if you'd also like a special treat, our friends over at Soul at Home, uh, right here on 17th Street in uh, Costa Mesa, on Saturday and Sunday uh, are doing an all-day, it's karma yoga. Karma, karma is about giving back. To the, to the world, so it's a karma yoga. Uh, a lot of the teachers, uh, myself included, will be doing free yoga all afternoon on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, all donations will go to Haiti, and 20% of the store proceeds are going to go directly to relief efforts in Haiti. And they are going to be doing everything from a class on sun salutations on Sunday. My friend and I are going to be doing Thai yoga massage, which is lazy Great. person's yoga. Get a little massage, heart opening yoga, meditation, yoga dance, and there'll be workshops going on in the store. And that's at Soul at Home, S-O-U-L at Home, uh, right here in uh, Costa Mesa. I'm sorry, not in Costa Mesa, in Tustin. And if you'd like information about that, you can call uh, Soul at Home at... Uh, I thought I had their phone number. Um, <laughs> I I always have their phone number um, by me, but I don't seem to have it this morning. Anyway, you can you can. It's not on this email. S O U L at home, uh, in on Seventeenth Street in Tustin. You can you can Google them and find out all about it, or you can email me ask an elf a s a s k a n e l f ask an elf at yahoo dot com. So lots of wonderful things going on to support our friends who are over across across the world and in dire need of our help. And what would a hobbit and an elf do but extend whatever help we can? That's absolutely right. I mean, we may not have money that we can send, and money is urgently needed if our if our folks in Middle Earth have some money that they can they certainly should open their hearts and their wallets. But right. even those of you who don't have money. You have a way to get to a sports chalet and take a pair of shoes. There's one right up here on uh, Jamboree 
at right. uh, um, Jamboree and Michelson. And there, there, there are a number of them. I think there's one there's, over by South Coast Plaza. They're through. They're through. There's fifty-five of them. Local share fifty-five sports chalets. Yeah. Take some shoes. It will help someone. Yes, and you'll feel wonderful. You'll feel good that you did something to help. So uh, I believe that our wizard friend is is going to be calling in any moment. Uh, if he's listening and he called, <laughs> if he would please uh, call back our friend Oram Miller. So we'll have a little introduction uh, for Oram in just a few moments. In the meantime, I thought we'd hear a little music from yes. our wizard friend Gandalf from yes. the movies um, and from the uh, the magical recordings of the Howard Shore Return of the uh, um, Fellowship of the Ring. Sounds great. Let's hear that. And this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the Internet 24-7 at KUCI.org. So in case you have a friend who can't uh, tune in right here locally, you can always listen in on the Internet, that magical place that keeps us all connected. This is KUCI in Irvine, and here is Gandalf. And that enchanting music from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Complete Recordings by Howard Shore. I always love hearing uh, Ian McKellen singing the walking song there. Yes, and in looking at the fabulous website, createhealthyhomes.com, and looking at Aura Miller, I saw someone who definitely was the picture of a wizard. (laughs) I'm so excited to be talking with him this morning about these uh these very very important and interesting topics absolutely so in case you are just tuning back in this is kuci in irvine 88.9 fm and streaming live on the internet at kuci.org and our public affairs website which is kucitalk.org where you can um Download podcasts or listen to podcasts of the shows and also through iTunes. Just search for the keyword Arwen, A-R-W-E-N. Wonderful. And so this morning, our very special wizard guest, um, Oram, uh, I recently, I met Oram in December and uh, has been quite a life-changing experience for me. I never really thought too much about uh, having my computer in my bedroom and all these electrical things going on, but I had been having trouble sleeping for some time and I'd been doing lots of things. Um, I had acupuncture and I was, you know, going to sleep to good music and, um, but I just would wake up several times during the evening, uh, during, throughout the course of the night. And when I, uh, met Oram through, um, through a mutual friend and went to a lecture of his, discovered that there were things that might be disrupting my sleep. So this morning, our guest is Oram Miller, who is a building biologist, and uh, he was recently in uh, based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, for about five years, where he provided healthy homes and office evaluations to uh, clients in that area. But he has recently moved here to Southern California and is now offering his services to people here in the Orange County, L.A. County, and San Diego areas. So he's quite a traveler, as uh, most wizards tend to get around quite a bit. <laughs> yes, that's one of the key. I mean, not only does Orem look like a wizard, but he travels like a wizard. And he's involved with wizardly things Absolutely. like EMFs and so forth. Things that wizards would know about. So his website is createhealthyhomes.com. And if you want to email him, his email address is info, I-N-F-O, at createhealthyhomes.com. And uh, let's see if our friend is here. Orm, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear us? Yes, very well. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show this morning. You're welcome. And uh, so we are going to just jump right in. Uh, both myself and my co-host here have lots of questions to ask you about uh, your work as a building biology. Uh, the first question I guess we'd like to ask is just what is a building biologist? A building biologist is someone who has taken training from the International Institute for Bio Biology and Ecology in Clearwater, Florida, 
and the words Bau Biologie, as they pronounce it in German, uh, is uh, made up of the two words Bau, B-A-U, which is the German word for house or building, and then Biologie is their spelling and pronunciation of our word biology in the English language. So what it is is, is the study of how the built environment affects the health of occupants, both in homes and in offices. So this is something that um, I think that people don't think too much, as much about here in America, but apparently this is uh, quite quite a big thing over in Europe as far as, well, you know, maybe asking some of these questions, um, you know, because we have, seem to have Wi-Fi everywhere, all kinds of things, you know, going through the air and even in our homes, all these wireless devices. Um, but we don't hear too much here in America about the dangers of this, although I understand that it's pretty well known what the dangers of these things are, and they're doing things about it over in Europe. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, it's almost like night and day, like we have two worlds or two universes. It's just amazing, particularly to those of us who are concerned about this for the health of people here, not only my clients but uh, everyone. Uh, as a practicing building biologist, that is someone who uh, helps people in their homes with, uh, with symptoms that they have or people who are just concerned about good health and want good health, you know, 60% of my clients are people who are symptomatic already. They're not just sensitive. They're, they're actually ill uh, by uh, Wi-Fi, uh, uh, outcasting, chemical outcasting from paints and carpeting and, and formaldehyde and, and electric and magnetic fields. They know that about themselves. And the other 40% are people who are just health conscious. And it turns out that in terms of wireless communications, Europe is way ahead of us. And without getting into the politics of it, um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of um, uh, information that is available in the media in Europe. And I have a page on my website, and thank you for mentioning it, www.createhealthyhomeswithans.com, called Cell Phone and Radio Frequency Risks. And on that page I have many um, links to European newspapers and government agencies and the Bioinitiative Report from the University of Albany, uh, the, um, the Human Rights Commission in Canada and the French Health Agency, all of these bodies, the European uh, um, Union, they're all looking at this issue and they're saying over there quite freely, quite openly in the media that there are problems with this and they follow what is known as the precautionary principle. What that means is if there is any evidence that there could be harm or is harm uh, to some people, then it's incumbent upon the industry and government regulatory agencies to um, to not deploy a technology until it can be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that the technology is safe. Well, that's not what's being done here, and that's um, why people in Europe are pulling back. They're taking Wi-Fi um, transmitters or broadcast routers out of the libraries in Paris, out of schools in Salzburg province in uh, Austria, and hospitals out of schools in England and in Sweden, and the health ministry in England is really looking at this seriously, and, and there's a ban that the pediatricians are pressing the government to impose on the sale of uh, and use of cell phones by children under or anybody under 18. Absolutely right. Uh, and here is, we are uh, wanting to get a cell phone for every member of the family. <laughs> right. Now, this is Milo. Hi, Milo. Uh, it's, it's so great to meet you over the telephone, over the radio for the first time. I went to your website, and uh, many years ago, I matriculated at Case Institute of Technology, now a part of Case Western Reserve University, uh-huh. and so all of my education is scientific and technical and engineering, and I was, I was quite frankly impressed with your website. It has so much information. Thank you. We spend an average of 90% of our lives in buildings. It's maybe a good idea. The other thing is from the Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Uh, mm-hmm as you may be familiar with a a fabulous book called A Tolkien Compass, there is an article called The Corruption of Power by Agnes Perkins and Helen Hill. Oh, gosh. Do we have to go down that road? (laughs) I mean, basically, the problem with power is power, and I'm not talking about political power here, I'm talking about electrical power. It's just like fire, right? Mm -hmm. Fire can warm us, fire can cook our food, Mm -hmm. but fire can burn us. And so it's a little foolish for people to believe that these magical devices called cell phones or these magical devices called Wi-Fi routers could do all these magical things and not have 
a downside, not have some problems. Well, the interesting thing about that, Milo, is Dr. George Carlo, who did some of the, well, he, he headed the original uh, $27 million six- or seven-year study that the cell phone trade industry uh, uh, conducted, along with the Department of HEW, Health, Education, and Welfare, before it became uh, the Department of HHS, in the early 90s, uh, and he reluctantly headed that, that study, and at the end of it, uh, according to what he told us at a, a conference that uh, he spoke at uh, of building biologists a year and a half ago, that he, at the end of it he said, gentlemen, you're not going to like what I have to tell you, but there are biological effects from cell phones, and you really need to uh, let the public know or change the technology. He told us that when the Defense Department developed uh, cellular mobile phone technology 40 years ago, they knew of a, tech, uh, of a frequency that could be generated along with what is known as the low-frequency information-carrying radio wave uh, to nullify or neutralize the harmful effects that that wave has on humans. This is the other frequency that they don't talk about. This is the one down at 219 to 230 cycles per second, very close to, human, to the frequencies of biological processes in the human body which is a companion frequency superimposed on the very fast frequency in the gigahertz range, which is billions of cycles per second, which is a carrier wave. And that's up at 0 0.8, 0.9, 1.8, 1.9 uh, gigahertz, which is right below 2.4, which is the frequency for Wi-Fi and for cordless telephones. And now we have 5.8 and 6.0 cordless telephones. So all of this is in the same range in the microwave uh, range of the uh, radio frequency spectrum. The thing is, there is there is what's known as the specific absorption rate, or the uh, or a minimum frequency below which, if you're exposed to the frequency below a certain threshold of exposure, that is 1.6 watts of energy per kilogram of body mass, there's no real harm to human health. But uh, that's the carrier wave that carries the voice data across the miles from the cell phone to the tower and back again, and from your cordless telephone uh, handset to the base unit in your kitchen or on your uh, desk. And the problem is the voice data is not carried on that frequency. It's carried on the low frequency of 219 to 230 cycles per second. And the problem with that frequency is there's no safe exposure level and the effects are cumulative. And the effects are uh, damaging the blood-brain barrier, letting pathogens and microorganisms and toxins reach the brain, uh, affecting the uh, ability of cells to communicate with each other with uh, the calcium metabolism. It causes uh, markers for cancer, micronuclei uh, in the nucleus of the cell. It causes a whole host of problems. And the symptoms that people mention are brain fog. These are the people who are symptomatic. They can't go into a Starbucks because they, they, they can feel it within 10 minutes and they have to leave. They know the Wi-Fi is in that room, uh, in that uh, store. They feel headaches. They feel uh, brain fog. They feel numbness and tingling. Um, they feel weak. Uh, they can't think straight. And they now have evidence that after 10 years, uh, cancers are showing up. And all the studies that were released up to two years ago had subjects that were using cell phones for less than 10 years so the results were equivocal, and the cell phone trade industry could rightly say, we don't have conclusive evidence. But now the studies are coming out that are showing that there is a risk, that there is a link. And they're also seeing uh, dementia, uh, pre-dementia and Alzheimer's uh, symptoms in uh, people who have been using cell phones and cordless phones for more than 10 years. They have uh, reports of, of teenagers who are now in their early 20s in England who can't hold a job because they have too much cognitive impairment from steady use of cell phones. And, and here we are, you know, we, I mean, we see the ads all the time for, you know, getting a cell phone for everybody in the family. And I think it is a wonderful thing for us to have this technology. I think it's a wonderful thing for children to have it because, you know, we can feel safer that our child, if, you know, they're walking home from school or something, they have a cell phone in their pocket. So if something terrible happens, they can call us or they can call for help. Um, but the flip side of that is that we also have children who are not necessarily have not spent enough years on the planet to develop a sense of maturity and how to use these things. And we have them holding these cell phones up to their head for literally hours at a time, right. uh, talking to their friends and, and things like that. And, uh, I mean, say, say they start this, you know, I have friends who their youngest child is eight. She has a cell phone. And, you know, these children in 10 years from now could have serious, um, you know, serious, serious, you know, brain things. And nobody's, uh, it, it doesn't, 
seem to me that I hear people um, that this is when people have these type of things and they go to the doctor, the doctor's not saying, well, maybe you should think about, um, you know, your exposure to uh, to wireless communication. They just, I think they just prescribe something to deal with symptoms. But doctors in Europe are connecting the dots because because people are hearing about this and the physicians are hearing about this in the media. There's a real blackout on any reporting of this, a real bias in the media, and I won't go to where what the reasons are. I mean, I know clearly what they are, but let's just not go there. Right. Uh, so the bottom line is you have to protect yourself. You have to get information on your own from uh, sources in Europe, and you can't trust the regulatory agencies in this country nor the cell phone trade industry to, to keep us safe. Um, so here, so you need to take steps to avoid this. The, the researchers in Europe are saying that if a child grows up in a home without a cell phone, and that's true for 20% of homes in America now mm-hmm. and 90% of homes in the third world, because you can't get a landline. It takes two, three years to get a landline. They don't have the infrastructure in India and in these other countries. So everyone has cell phones, and what they're expe- what they're, they're 3 billion on the planet uh, in use, which is half the human population. What they're saying is if a child grows up in a home with nothing but a cell phone is the only way that they call their friends, they stand a good chance of developing Alzheimer's and dementia, full-blown, where they're no longer functioning and have to be institutionalized by age 30. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's amazing. By the way, we should mention about Oram that he's not just some random bozo that we've got on here. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Oram was certified by the International Institute for Bowel Biology and Ecology. Right, so he is he is a certified right certified and, and, and in the building biology area. And thank you, Marlo. And and the uh, the thing is, everything that I say is uh, based on uh, research done by people who really care about this and and have the ability to 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 look into this and and get their results published and uh, mentioned in in uh, newspapers in Europe. Uh, there are several uh, links on my website, uh, createhealthyhomes.com under the page cell phone and radio frequency risks. Right. And also below that is um, steps to protect yourself from cell phone frequencies. I have a list of recommendations which I can right. mention now. But these, these, uh, there are groups such as the Bioinitiative Working Group, um, which was headed by uh, Professor David Carpenter at the University of Albany and Cindy Sage right here in Santa Barbara at Sage Consulting. They're the co-editors of that report. And they, they meet yearly anyway with a, a group of uh, a dozen experts from around the world who decided in 2006 to take a year and look at 2,000 studies, and in August of 2007, they released their report. You also have the International Commission for Electromagnetic Safety, which meets every year in Italy, and the director of that conference, Libby Kelly, in Tucson, spoke to our group um, at our uh, annual meeting and told us what they're doing. They come together to actually compile research and say to people who need it, Here's the evidence, and and uh, to counter those who say there is no evidence, and they say yes, there is, and here it is. So here's some steps that people can take if they want to avoid this. Because um, can, can, I yep. just want to I just want to break in just for a second because our time does go by so quickly, and I do want you to mention uh, I want to jump right right back in uh, and mention those steps, uh, but I I want to make sure that we have a little time to cover. Um, because some people may just say, oh, well, I'll just go to the website and I'll do some of these things. And <clears throat> or you perform a very, a very wonderful service of actually coming to people's homes. Right. And uh, because there are things that are, can be in the walls, the type of uh, wiring that they have in their walls. And these may not be things that people can um, can do on their own just by, by you know, going to your website or putting a little a little thing on the side of their cell phone. There's some uh, people out there or technology that um, they would like for people to think that if you just put this little um, dot on the side of your cell phone, it's safe to use that cell phone up uh, next to your head well, for hours. What Dr. Carlo found, because he initially endorsed uh, one of the uh, products, one of the, uh, uh, you know, um, retailers of of that technology who claim that, based on the research that they have, that they feel all EMF exposure issues are taken care of by just putting these discs, um, adhering them to the back of your cell phone, and then you're safe. What he found, he initially endorsed the the product and and spoke on their behalf. And then, uh, within a year, he found out that people who were using these um, technologies, within six to nine months, they actually ended up being worse some of them, than um, uh, when they started. So to me, to our profession, it's a tertiary technology. It should be third on the list. The first is to hold the phone away from your head at arm's length. So when you text and when you have the phone on speakerphone, 
that's better. The second thing is get an earphone, but better to get an air tube earphone with a plastic tube in the last six inches near your head and get a couple of ferrite snap beads to put on the phone, one at the bottom and one three-quarters of the way up the cord to protect you from radiation going up the uh, outside of the cord to your ear. Now, if someone was interested in getting uh, something like that, can they find out that information through you? I mean, I wouldn't know where to find one of those things. Yeah, lessemf.com and rfsafe.com and Dr. Mercola, Mercola mercola.com, M-E-R-C-O-L-A. These are sites where people can go. So the other thing that I do is, as you said, and as you know, um, I evaluate people's homes to help reduce exposure to electric and magnetic fields in the home, especially where they sleep. Because when you sleep, every cell in the body has ions and electrons that are alternately attracted and repulsed from the plastic jacket of wires in the walls, not the metal clad, which we have a lot of here in Southern California because of earthquake prevention or or to make the wiring safe for earthquakes. So there's a lot of metal wiring in walls, which is good. If that's not present, if it's plastic, then we need to shut off a, a few circuits. But that takes an evaluation of the home with some meters that I have. And then we know precisely... Which, which circuits to shut off in the bedroom just at night and just for the bedroom and its immediate area. And any so you don't have to shut down through. your whole house. You just no. can shut off so that the area that you're wanting to sleep in so that your body can produce melatonin and get good sleep, uh, right. that, that area is, will be safe uh, and free of electromagnetic fields. Oh, of electric fields in that yeah. case. And you can't measure those with a Gauss meter, so it's, it has to be measured with a voltmeter. And we make sure the refrigerator works and the smoke detectors and that sort of thing. So these are technologies that... that um, we we use and recommend because what people find is that they sleep much deeper whether they slept better bef- or slept well before or not it's been, they sleep it's, deeper it's been it's been amazing for me just uh, and I haven't actually had the full uh, evaluation health evaluation yet mm. which we'll we'll have to get to that yep. um, however just through your recommendation of unplugging several things within uh, like twelve feet of my bed. And I'm actually sleeping through the night now, and there's nothing else that I can really attribute it to. I haven't made any <laughs> other major changes. Great. Well, that- but the other thing was that I, and I hadn't not, I just thought that I had this ringing in my ears from, I just thought it was just from something. I've noticed that the I don't have the, when I unplug all these things, I don't have the ringing in my ears. So I think I'm one of those people that is a little more sensitive because I never really noticed before the correlation between the ringing in my ears and these um, laying in my bed with all these things, uh, my computer and everything plugged in right by my head. Well, and and all, Yes, and in your case, in addition to that, which everyone has to some degree, you also had an uninterrupted, an uninterrupted power supply battery backup uh, unit that was always plugged in and always right. uh, putting out a huge magnetic field that your head was in in that field. And yes. So you had a double uh, whammy, so to now, speak. Now, Orem, we should mention, as important as the EMF and Wi-Fi thing is, but you consult on more than that. You also talk about uh, building and remodeling. There's a tremendous amount of remodeling that happens and one of the interesting things about your website is the pointing out of the importance of breathing. A building needs to breathe right. the indoor, indoor air, outdoor air, and the thick wall concept, that it's more than just electrical things, which are important that you do, but you also, when you're doing a, a, a house and living environment review, you apparently look at the wall structure and so forth. Um, actually, Milo, I, I, for existing homes... Um, I, I decided to focus uh, primarily on the electric and magnetic field evaluation and mitigation when I moved here because I also have done uh, water intrusion and mold evaluation, but there are many people who do that here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I can get into litigation issues, and, uh, and I just don't want to go there. Okay. Uh, but I, do, um, I will continue to consult uh, with existing homeowners and people who want to build a new home to help design and construct a home that avoids mold in the walls, and that's what breathability means, or hygroscopicity, the capacity for the wall to allow any moisture that can condense in there, not that that happens so much here because the environment and climate is so forgiving uh, relative to Minnesota where I used to live. Uh, but still, mold, just yesterday I went to a home of a lady and I said uh, she and her husband have been dealing with a flat roof that leaks, and I said, you've got mold here. I, I noticed it the minute I walked in wow. the door. And, and they're in the process of getting the whole place remodeled and the roof redone. So moisture can get into walls. So I do consult uh, on new construction with wiring protocols to avoid the EMFs that I see, to avoid them in the first place, and then also to uh, recommend building materials for the wall 
assembly or wall system that allow it to uh, dry out within the requisite 36 to 48 hours before mold gets to the point where it forms spores. One of the things I noticed on your wonderful website, createhealthyhomes.com, I noticed that you have some upcoming lectures. I do. If your website is accurate, apparently Thursday, February 4th, in my shire, Huntington Beach, okay. at the Living Temple at 630, you'll be talking, uh, that's 7561 Center Avenue, number 40, in Huntington Beach. Right, and this is on a page called Lecture Schedule on my website, uh, and there's a, a click, a, a map, I'm sorry, a link to a map to get there, and that's going to be the longer lecture of the two coming up because Robin Jones there has given me two hours. We'll start at 7. I'll have two hours to present, and I, I still won't have enough time to go over everything. The, the other lecture is the following Tuesday, the 9th of February, uh, ostensibly for an hour, probably I could go to an hour and a half, at Mother's Market, uh, 225 East 17th Street in Costa Mesa. Uh, and reservations are required for that one. So people can call 949-631-4741. And, there's a, and that information is on my website. And um, people can contact me for home evaluations at uh, 310-720-7686. And uh, that's 310-720-7686. And uh, give me a call for information uh, about a home evaluation. Well, <clears throat> I want to thank you. Our, we are just about out no, of time. No, wait a minute. We've I got, I've got so many questions. <laughs> there, there's, I'm going to have to attend one of Orem's wonderful lectures here. Thank you. And I can come back uh, if you like. I, I've done this on many radio programs in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, well, been maybe, on several times. maybe we'll have to have Orem back in a couple of weeks uh, after, and, and I can get the, you know, get... Because right now it's made a big difference. Just uh, he said, you know, "Get that thing unplugged," and you know, um, do, you know, after after having have the, having the evaluation and uh, and it's showing people that it's not that it's not that difficult. People think, "Oh, I don't want to do this." It's, it's it really isn't that difficult uh, just I'm, to unplug, uh, you know, and to to if you have metal breakers. wiring in the wall, but you don't, so you're only fifty percent of the way there. I'm very solution-oriented, though. I, I, my main job is to educate people about their options and then uh, show them solutions. Mm-hmm. That, that's the main thing that I do. Right. And, I, I mean, I'm so excited because I, ha- I know so many people that have sleep issues. And there's a part of me that just wonders if it, um, if it couldn't, a big part of it couldn't be as simple as removing uh, the electromagnetic fields from their personal environment. Right. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, college kids, you know, they're in one room, just like I am. Uh, I mean, I love where I am. I have a room overlooking the green belt with trees, and I, you know, I live in Newport Beach by the, but I have one room, and so my computer's in there, and my cell phone charger and everything, and, uh, but there are ways to make that a healthy environment for me to and, be, get good sleep in. And some things are not a problem. Computers themselves are not a problem, unless you have an old cathode ray tube monitor, uh, like, which is like a TV set. We'd never sit, you know, a foot away from a TV set, but we do. We did all day long for 20, 30 years till we went to flat screen liquid crystal display monitors. Oh, I don't have a flat screen. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, you do. And so push that thing away because now here's the good news. Uh-huh. It does drop off within two, three feet. Okay. So just push that back as far as you can. Pull your keyboard towards you. Just increase the distance between yeah. the front of that monitor, the screen, and your body. Okay. <laughs> Oram, thank you so You're much. You're welcome. Um, I, can, I can see um, Milo here is just kind of fidgeting in his chair a little bit. I wish we had a whole other hour, but we will have to have you back. Thank you. It would be my pleasure. One more time. Thank you, www.createhealthyhomes.com. Yes. Thank you so much. Oram, thank you so much for being in the world, who you are, a wizard, uh, helping people to create healthy homes for themselves and for their families, and helping people to remember, because uh, I think of this as a form of remembering uh, those things that will help us to live in harmony with ourselves and with the planet. I just, yeah, I basically just help. I don't heal buildings. I heal families and just one house at a time, and yeah. giving people the opportunity to, to reconnect with their, their spirit self. Well, thank you, my friend, for being in the world, doing what you're doing. You're welcome, Tony. And uh, Ellen Salaluman Amentiovo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. And I'll see you before too long. Goodbye, Oram. Bye, Milo. Thank you so much. And so uh, that was Oram Miller. And we uh, the time goes by so quickly. 
And are you and trying we're out to of tell time? me that we're out of time already? We are out of time. Oh, my it is gosh. Time. Yes, it is time already <laughs> to cut to music. So um, our guest has been Orm Miller. Um, if you are interested, that will be up on podcast uh, before too long. And um, please tell your friends and consider, you know, the possibility of calling Orem. Uh, to find out what's going on with your home. If you are having issues with sleeping or, you know, you've just always kind of wondered about these things, you know, you might want to get it checked out. It's made a big difference in my life. And again, his email is info, that's I-N-F-O, at createhealthyhomes.com. Because we want to have a, a life that's more harmonious and healthy and, you know, L's are all about yes. health. <laughs> and remember, the nine rings of power that enslave those nine human kings I mean, they thought they were getting some wonderful power, but it had a downside. Yes. Electrical power has wonderful things, but you've got to be careful because our our brain, the most sophisticated computer in the universe, right. is based on oh. EMFs. And right. when you have external EMFs, just be careful. I can tell you as someone who's yeah. allergic to orange juice, you drink orange juice all the time. Right. No problems, right? right. 99% point nine percent of all people on this planet can drink orange juice every day right milo cannot right i'm allergic to it i'm one of that small minority that gets very very ill if i drink orange juice well and the same thing with this there are people that are there have strong symptoms but it affects everyone even if you don't have symptoms even me even though i can drink orange juice if i drink three gallons of it guess what right it's going to have a downside (laughs) i'm going to spend the rest of the night in the bathroom so, um, anyway, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, and, Connie. Um, it's been wonderful. Um, I hear our dear friend coming out. Uh, what's coming up next? Love and Romance? Love and Romance. Love and Romance, which we will be talking With about Rose. in two weeks because it will be right before Valentine's Day. And we will talk and be talking about Love and Romance in Middle Earth. Oh, my and gosh. And there was a love. lot of it. I know. I'm so excited. So, in the meantime, we will say uh, goodbye to our friends. And until next week, uh, they can uh, please... Check out uh, our website at KUCI.org, and we will leave with a song sung by my friend Coco, uh, who uh, graciously recorded a version of Into the West, and she will be at Soul at Home this weekend, uh, all weekend long karma yoga. She's going to be singing and playing her um, uh, her little, um, oh, it's a wonderful little machine. <laughs> but anyway, this is Coco singing Into the West, and so my friend uh, Milo, until next Two weeks, Alin Salanumin Amintiava, a star shines on the hour of our meeting, my friend. Thanks so much, Tani. Have it's a great fun. week. Yes, and maybe we'll see some friends at uh, the the trilogy screening at the Arrow Theater. February 6th, noon at the Arrow in Santa Monica. And this is KCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth.